Hey, this is Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana for episode number seven of the Pop Report. Tonight we have, uh, as always, Josh Adams, which is at Midwest Vintage Cards. And then we have a special guest that we that we hyped up last week. He's got huge shoes to fill, uh, which he can fill. Uh, Justin at uh, 610 Sports Cards. Justin, welcome to the show. Uh, I know you're familiar with Josh and I, but you are new to the show. There are no rules. Just don't cuss. Don't don't call me names. You can call Josh names. Do not call me names. Uh, but uh, but we brought Justin on to to talk at great length along with Josh since uh, they have a combined probably forty years almost experience of going to the national uh, to talk about the national. So today's episode is about all things national, start to finish. We haven't decided. We may break it into two episodes, uh, but we're just going to start talking and see what happens. Justin, welcome to the show. Tell everybody Thanks, Brian. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. This is my favorite thing in the world to talk about. I can work blue. I can work clean. So I'll do my best to work clean. But on some of these topics, it, it usually turns a little bit blue, but we won't get too blue. We won't get Don <laughs> Rickles blue or anything like that. But um, the combined 40 years of experience, I mean, I I don't know how old you think Josh and I are, but man, are, have you, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I won't jump the gun, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. How many priority four. I'm only a priority four. So this is this will be my uh, my first one was Baltimore 2012, um, and I have only attended the national in a in a dealer capacity. Like I, I've never been gone as, as just an attendee, um, okay. like you'll be doing for the first time. So I have set up. Uh, I think this will be my 11th time setting up. So yeah, 2012 in Baltimore was the first one, um, and then just on the Atlantic City, Chicago, Cleveland rotation since then. I overshot it. It's 30 because Josh is, I think, 19, 18 or 19 okay, years. Good. 2005 was my first one set up yeah. as a dealer. Okay. Oh, so wow. we're right at 30. Yeah, we're, we're right at 30. So I overshot it a little bit. 30 should be enough to let you guys speak relatively intelligently on this topic, though, I would think. That's that a works. sufficient That's a sufficient uh, amount of time that y'all are going to be uh, y'all are going to be helpful for all the people that are watching. And I just hit a thousand subscribers last week. So uh, there are actually going to be people listening to the show. Um, there'll be less after tonight, but but that's okay. You know, at least uh, at least we got to thousand. Let's make sure we don't backtrack under a thousand. So we'll do our best. But um, it's, it's like getting those those different Instagram milestones where you get to like you're close to like a thousand or ten thousand, yeah. and then you just backslide and you're like, why <laughs> why can't I get over the hump? You, you must have posted a card that people didn't like. Did you post a bowl bowl or, or something like that? And then you're you're, you're, you're yeah, we're just we're we're just transitioning out of uh out of MJ to the more you know the more stable waters of of guys like like Bulbo and Bull Bull See, I can't even say I can't even say it and joke about Bobo it. I, just, I so don't care. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> gonna remember his name in a few years anyway. Exactly. Uh, all right, Justin, you're the guest. We know about me. We know about Josh. Tell us about yourself. Give us, give us a, the, the three minutes, uh, Justin hobby story in a nutshell. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty similar story. I'm sure to, for, as to, to what y'all have and a lot of your, uh, your subscribers have as well. I mean, I started opening packs way back as a kid. I was born during the peak of the junk wax era. So I missed out on, I missed out on the, I'm, I'm not quite old enough to have been opening 86, 87 Fleer, but I'm not quite young enough to have been opening, you know, uh, Skybox and all the good 90s insert uh, products. So I was right there during the peak of the junk wax era, um, took a break, uh, an extended break during high school. Um, a buddy of mine in college uh, got me back into it. So we started going, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. So we would go, there's a local show over at the Raleigh Fairgrounds that we would go to. And 
um, he got me back into it. Just a good way to, to buy cards and, and flip them for beer and, and dinner money and all that good stuff. Uh, this was before eBay was really a thing. So you could go and cards would be priced at Beckett value at a show and then come back and sell them for five to six X on eBay um, in a matter of minutes. So those were those were certainly the glory days. But then took an, kind of another break after that and then um, got back into it right around 2010 and and have been pretty consistent uh, since then the past, I guess that's 10 plus years. So. Interesting story. Good. Um, I liked everything about it except the, the UNC part. Um, but I'm sorry. So no, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a UK fan, I'm a Kentucky fan. So I mean, uh, yeah, that's tough. You know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of fan are you? You're a bulls fan. So I don't want to hear anything out of you. <laughs> North yeah, you're, a bulls yeah. Fan. Yeah. you're a modern bulls fan, which is, which is worse. Um, <laughs> All right, so Justin, just, we'll touch on it real quick. You're six ten sports cards because you're six ten, which leads me to believe you played a little bit of basketball. I know I you played. Did. I played a little bit of ball back in the day. Yeah. Uh, contrary to what is an alarming number of popular beliefs, like I'm not from Philadelphia. Like the six one zero is not a Philly area code. So yeah, yeah. For all those watching, like please don't DM me and ask me if I'll sell my handle. Like I'm not from Philly. It's because yeah. I'm actually that tall. So it's it's one of the few things that's not for sale. Um, but yeah, I did play growing up. I mean, I've always been the tallest kid in class, um, played all through high school, hit the AAU circuit. Like I know you did, Brian. Um, yeah. and then I had some offers to play at smaller D one schools. Um, but ended up going to UNC Chapel Hill and, uh, played a year there, my freshman year. Um, and then went back out my sophomore year and second practice going through layup lines. I was like, I think I kind of like this college thing more than I do playing, playing basketball yeah. at a yeah. collegiate level. So we uh we we cut it short there, but it was it was a blast. I mean, all the the stories and, and glory day moments are are certainly certainly fun to reminisce on. But yeah, I I uh I wouldn't take back a second of having to make the decision. And and these were I mean these were the Matt Doherty years. So we started yeah. nineteen and zero my freshman year, beat Duke at Duke. Um, but then I think it was a Sunday afternoon at Clemson. Uh, we lost to Clemson at down in South Carolina and then we finished the season five and five. And then we went, I think 18 and 10, my sophomore year. And then junior year was just the nader when we went eight and 20. Um, and well, it's cause you it. left. It's cause yeah, you were done. That's very <laughs> nice. That's very nice of you. Yeah. My, my they, big, they were game. missing, they were missing the, the Marcin Gortat 2.0, the pick yeah. and pop, you know, the Polish hammer, they were missing the Polish hammer. So that's why yeah, they were missing the, the gangly white guy on the uh, deep on the bench who could, yeah. it was just the, the Swiss army knife. I'm sure that's go. what would have put us over the hump. So, but that's it was, it. it was, it was a lot of fun. It's always great to get back. And, uh, and like I said, just talk about getting dunked on or dunking on people and, yeah. Glory days. It was a few few years ago, but it was fun. Cool. All right. We're close to the national. We're here to talk about the national. We met Justin. We know me and Josh. Y'all have been. Y'all know a lot. I know almost nothing other than the location. I still yep. don't really understand my travel itinerary, but I promise you I'll figure it out. We'll get there. Um, but it's in Atlantic City. So let's start. Uh, let's start there. Um, pros and cons of Atlantic City. Yeah. Let me let me state some and then you tell me true or false. Uh, difficult to get to uh, by plane if you don't live nearby and can't drive. Uh, yeah. That that is could not be more true unless you really hate yourself and you want to try and fly Spirit Airlines. Um, so Spirit Airlines is the only. Oh, Brian! Oh my God! No I know choice. Doing, it's the only nonstop. I know we're doing this, but yeah. So Spirit <laughs> Airlines, Atlantic City has an airport, but Spirit Airlines somehow has a monopoly on the entire airport. 
and they're the only airline that has both arrivals and departures. So if you want to get into AC direct, you got to fly Spirit. But for any other normal sane person, uh, you just you hop you hop into Philly, and then you can either you know split a car service, an Uber, or a Lyft with somebody. Or there's a uh, there's a, a train like a Jersey Shore train or something like that yeah. that's like nine or ten bucks one way yeah. uh, that you can catch from the 30th Street station in Philly out to Atlantic City and that dumps you off right at the convention center. That's what Josh told me. Josh Josh's great idea was for me to fly into uh, Philadelphia and then jump on the train. He said it drops you literally at the show. Are you telling me I'm gonna get off that train? I'm gonna have my backpack right, and I'll probably yeah. have one carry on. I guess I need to put all that crap in the hotel. So I'm probably not going to be able to go straight to the show unless I want to lug around two bags, but I'm at the show. Like I'm within what a hundred yards, 500 yards of the tables, 500 yards max. Yeah. It, the train station is connected to the convention center and that's not the, so uh, we'll do another pro real quick too. So the Atlantic city convention center is actually very, very nice. Yeah. Um, it is, it might be the biggest venue. Um, and, and Josh, feel free to correct me on this one, but it, it is, it is, so much bigger than Chicago. Um, there's so much more room to spread, spread out. All of the booths are 10 by 15 booths. So in in prior years, you've had the option as a dealer to buy a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 15 booth, but your only option for AC is, is 10 by 15. So that means there, there's that much more room for dealers to spread out. The, the aisles are wider than Chicago. Um, there's a lot more dead space, so to speak, in the on the convention center floor. So you... I think it's it's a much more comfortable experience than, uh, especially if you've only been to, to Rosemont in Chicago. Are there it's more a, tables in Atlantic City, or are you saying there's just more room for the patrons to move around and to do deals and seating and all that? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think that the number of tables is still relatively the same as last year, and last year was a record number anyway because they yeah. they were putting tables in every nook and cranny yeah. of uh, Donald Stevens Convention Center as they could, but. I still think that they kept the, the number of tables around the same, probably more since there is more room. But again, there, there's just a lot more room on the exhibition floor than there was in Chicago. So it's it's a lot more comfortable to to be able to uh, to spread out. Gotcha. OK. Um, is it one big room? You know, yeah. like, like the way it's laid, it's one big room because I've heard in other nationals, it's like a room and then there's like a supplement or like an auxiliary space. Is that how Chicago was? Yeah, like an auxiliary area. Yeah, that that was the only way that Chicago could could expand. So Chicago started with I think the space that they've had it in is their is their biggest exhibition floor space that they have in the in the convention center. Yeah. Um, but as the show grew, like they had to start expanding into like these little different nooks and crannies. So you would walk into Chicago, and then you the showroom floor would be in front of you, and you'd make a right to basically get to the bulk of the show. Well, then if you made another right, like that's usually where like the, the case break pavilion was um, like the PSA booth, but then they, they further expanded that back to add more tables. So th there were just like, there were additional little turns that you would have to make to sure. find, to find booths, but Atlantic city is just one giant floor. So I it's, it's, it's all right there. Yeah. To take that in, just to drink it in that first time that I walk through that door and check it out. Uh, Josh, how far is the Chicago national from your house? Uh 20 minute car ride pretty easy boom yeah that's ridiculous it's great i am so yeah. jealous what city do you live in justin uh so i'm in blacksburg virginia right now so for me it'll be um i've got some friends who live in arlington just outside of dc so i'll, I'll drive up to them and then just uh 
take an Amtrak from from DC to Philadelphia and then pop over on the train. That's also pretty convenient. Yeah, um, it's really I will, easy. Be, I will be driving 90 minutes to New Orleans for a 6.07 a.m. flight on Spirit, uh, where oh I will wish I wasn't six foot four because I'm not going to fit and I'm going to feel miserable by the time I get up there. Um, hopefully there's room to stretch out on a train. I've never been on a train. I mean, this is literally like Cajun goes to Hollywood. This is going to be nuts, dude. I know I sound like I'm never going to find you. You're going to get lost. We're never going to see you. You're going to find me. I'm going to have one of those little leashes. You know, those parents that put leashes on their kids. It's a good idea. You're going to put a leash on me and I'll just, wherever you go, I'll just go. Well, you need to, it's like when, it's like if you have an an underage minor who's flying and they have like the, the flight personnel. Yeah. The flight personnel escort them and like point point their body where they need to go. That needs to be you. And I'll have a little special passenger pin that they put on me. So they'll know I'm, you know, I'm from Louisiana. So I might not know how to get off a plane or something like that. But if Josh puts a leash on me, I will probably be looking at like 48 Bowman and leaf and all that stuff the whole time. Can't go wrong. I might cut the national short and just come back, you know, Thursday morning. (laughs) Uh, But just practically speaking, I guess. So if I'm, if we've got extra bags, we get off this train. Are you taking, you said you're going, going from DC down. But your trains, you're going to have bags and stuff. Yeah. So you're, you're going to get off the train. We're going to have extra bags. Are y'all going to go to the hotel and then come back? Uh, so it's a good segue because the one of the cons of Atlantic City is kind of the, the layout of the hotels around the convention center. So there yeah. is there is a convention, convention center Sheridan that's right next door um, that is spitting distance from uh, the convention center floor. Uh, that bad boy fills up about an hour into its availability. Like right. on, on day one of day, th- like the 365 day window that you can book, it's filled up by day seven. Um, yeah. I managed to, to hop on and get a room. Um, so I got, I got lucky only because I learned the hard way before, like back in 2016 or whatever it was in Atlantic city. Um, right. I was, I was sweating it because I think I got rooms for like Tuesday, Wednesday night, but then the rest of the weekend I was screwed. So it was, yeah constantly refreshing hope I got lucky um so that one's right there but then all of the other options uh are not they require like probably a minimum half mile walk so there's a like a courtyard Marriott some other random hotels but then obviously all the big ones are the casinos so um you got the I think it's the Tropicana the Caesars Valleys uh there's a Hard Rock Casino um and those are all I would say those are all under a mile or less of a walk yeah. Um, and then a little bit farther away is the Borgata, which is which is definitely the nicest of the bunch. That's what Josh um, was saying. He said Borgata is just badass. I stayed yeah. there last time, but it's so far away. You need to take a little like a little yeah. like shuttle to get to the convention center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one, and then there's a Harrah's, and I think a fairly new Harrah's, and then I think there's one more down that way too. But yeah, that's that's definitely one of the downfalls of Atlantic City is that the the beauty of Chicago is that you can go to Chicago, you put your stuff in your room and you can you can pretty much walk to every single place you need to get to bars, mm. restaurants, the show, your hotel. Um, yeah. Everything is just so, so easy. And, and so it's it's all right there. Um, but unfortunately, Atlantic City is just not kind of kind of built that way. So if yeah. you're if you're not right next door, just know that you're going to have a bit of a, a bit of a walk. Sure. Um, I've made that walk multiple times just to go to casinos or restaurants or whatever in Atlantic City. Um, I mean, I'll qualify this by saying that since I'm am almost seven feet tall, like I, I don't gonna, really get I, I, don't, I don't get too worried about, you know, feeling unsafe or anything like that. But yeah. um, I, and I, I wouldn't say it's unsafe to walk. I wouldn't say that at any 
by any stretch, but it's, yeah. it'll be, it's not like walking through your neighborhood. Like you're walking through Atlantic city and it, hey, this look. isn't, this isn't Atlantic city from like 1990 or anything like that. City's it, it also depends better days. What's in your backpack. Matters. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Tall, some of the stuff that y'all have in your collection, I wouldn't walk. I wouldn't walk on the Atlantic City streets with that in my backpack. Yeah, and well, and one of the just one of the themes that we'll definitely all touch on later in several different forms is like just do whatever makes you comfortable. Like if you yeah. if you've got a lot of stuff or not a lot of stuff, but it's high dollar, it might seem silly, but just just grab an Uber or a taxi or a, yeah, a yeah. Lyft or something that that half mile and five six bucks and your uber driver will probably be like what why the hell am i taking you five or half a mile but again just just do whatever you got to do to feel comfortable um and it'll be it'll be just fine so yeah again it's i don't i don't want people to think that they're walking into like outer harbor baltimore or anything like that right. but you know it's it's just it's not rosemont it's not rosemont illinois yeah <laughs> or uh, would it surprise or you northern guys? chicago would it surprise you guys to find out that I have also never used Uber or Lyft? No. <laughs> that would not surprise you. Okay. Those I can no longer surprise anybody. Those aren't the, those aren't the name of some donkeys. Uh, yeah. Accomplishments on this earth. Those aren't uh, the name of your donkeys that you got on the farm down there? <laughs> it's not donkeys, dude. We don't ride donkeys. We ride alligators and airboats. <laughs> you, you've got it all wrong. Uh, I do. I, I, I could get do. to Atlantic City by water, but apparently I can't. So I'm going to have to fly in an airplane, you know? Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. So so it, it's been rotating Atlantic City, Chicago, Cleveland. Yep. If you had to yep. rank them in order of, of your preference, just one word answer, your preference. I'm not going to ask you. I know your preference would be Chicago, right? You could, you know, yeah. lunge there from your house. What about you, Justin? If you had to rank them in order, the ones that you prefer. So honestly, I, I, I think in terms of a venue, just in, like an overall non-show experience, I'd, I'd go Cleveland um, because downtown Cleveland has some different spots that have been really nicely built up. And the great thing about Cleveland is that the the IX Center, if you stay in downtown Cleveland and drive out there in the morning, you're going against traffic. And then when you when you leave the show to come back into downtown Cleveland, you're driving against traffic again. So it's, it's only a 10-minute drive max. Um, yeah. And again, to be able to stay... Uh, in downtown Cleveland, again, there's a there's a real I'm a, a Marriott simp, so I stay at Alofts and Marriotts and courtyards and all that stuff. But like, there's a really nice Aloft down there that's a, a 10 minute walk from just like a whole bunch of bars and great restaurants. Um, and there's a you know there's a casino in downtown Cleveland too, although I don't think anybody has ever won there in the history of that casino. And you also have to pay for drinks, which is insane. But um, okay, at a casino. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that one hits like a ton of bricks when they ask you to pay for your Bud Light. Um, Fantastic. The first time you order, uh, but no, I, I just really, I just really like Cleveland. The IX Center is a great venue. Um, unfortunately, they went, they went under for a while, two or three years. But somebody recently uh, bought the the convention center again in Cleveland. Like it's under new ownership now. So uh, we actually have the chance to vote on Cleveland as a potential venue uh, for 23, 24, 25. Is that what it is? Or I don't know, some rolling three-year period. So I, I love Cleveland. You know, I people just automatically dump on Cleveland for obvious and sometimes good reason. Um, yeah. But I, I really enjoy the show there. It's just, it's just different from Chicago. I, I would say Chicago is definitely the best, the best show experience um, just in terms of the number of the people that come in and, you can't you can't beat Rosemont in terms of the low, just the sheer 
convenience of everything. Like it's it's half a mile from the world's busiest airport. I'm staying, so. I'm staying with Josh Adams if it goes back to Chicago. He doesn't know that yet. We got a pond out back. It's good for you. It's fine. Set. So I can clean up, wash off, and get ready for dinner. That's right. Would it surprise you, Justin, if I told you I've never stayed at a Marriott? I'm just uh, kidding. I, nothing, nothing you can say about traveling outside the great state of Louisiana would shock me. At this point. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I will say this: I've never been to Atlantic City. I've never been to Chicago, and I've never been to Cleveland. Atlantic, I can understand Atlantic. I've only been to Atlantic City twice, yeah. once for a national and once for the, the world's worst bachelor party that will never be discussed. And that I mean, that was that was real dark, but we don't need to. Get, yeah, that's after hours. We don't need that's to for episode sixty nine of the pop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that one was that one was something. But yeah, I get the AC part, but the Chicago part, that's tough. Yeah. Inexcusable. I know. I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, what about new locations? Any Is there any talk? I know you said there's a vote out. I think I somehow it came across my desk, uh, my Cajun Cypress desk. Is, is there any way to get a fourth city in the mix, in the rotation? Is that something that's been bantered about? Josh, You've have you heard anything about that? Somebody was mentioning Vegas because the Mint did really well. but I think a lot of the, like the committee or the, you know, the board, they, they look for places that where they, where they get either free or really discounted show space if they can get a guarantee of certain number of hotel rooms booked. So I think that plays a big part of it. I think that's why Chicago and Cleveland are always like rotating. Money that, talks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's still, there's still very much an, an old guard of, of dealers that who have a much louder voice because so just without getting too deep in the weeds that there's kind of a priority system. So every time that you set up a booth at the national under your name, um, you get like a priority point. So while I've I've been to the national 10 or 11 times, whatever it is, I've only set up under my name. This will be I think this is my fourth time. So I'm a priority four. Um, but there's I mean, some of them old boys that just bring the same vintage they've been bringing since the 80s. They're priority 40s and 50s and stuff like that. So um, until we start to I don't I don't want to say until some of those guys start to die off, but. Until we start to until we start to cycle through. Edit that if you need me to. <laughs> no, no, oh no, 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 no. It, it stays in. It's uh, nothing is off the record. I didn't say it to start. Um, but until we can cycle through um, and, and just start to younger guys start to get a bit more priority, I don't think we'll get any real traction because the yeah, the biggest right. issue is that a lot of these guys, and you'll see it when you go to the show, but these guys just have cases and cases and boxes and boxes of stuff. Like I've always, I've always been a guy. If I get more than two two row boxes of inventory, if I can't carry everything I have in my Nike duffel bag that's somewhere, like I, I start to get the shakes. So yeah, I I keep a low, very low inventory. But these other guys, they'll have U-hauls and vans and truckloads yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So if they if they got to drive that mess out to Vegas, let alone Vegas in the summer, like oh, that's yeah. a that's a tough sell for them. So is my like my dream location would be either. Again, Vegas, I feel like you got to do Vegas once and it, it very likely could be a complete disaster, but you at least have to try it. But then I'd also yeah. like to do I'd like to do a West Coast National. So back in, Josh, what was it? 08 or 09? I thought it was um, 04. OK, yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the mid 2000s, late 2000s or something there. The National was in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, and just selfishly as a basketball guy, I, I would love to do a, a West Coast um, National just to see what what that would look like as well. Yeah. But, we're we're a very we're a very long way removed from that, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a lot of time was out of west. 
if you like low inventory, you do not want to take a virtual tour of my office. It would cause you a great deal of anxiety. It's causing me a great deal of anxiety. I've got buku baby slabs that I need to move and move quick. I can't stand it. It's taking up too much space in here. It looks like an eBay shipping center in here. It's ridiculous. So. Well, at least at least with what you just shipped off shipped off to PWCC today, you'll have a little bit more incentive to start five less. Weed, weeding five. that stuff out. Yeah, I have five less in my inventory. Uh, all right, let's talk about, uh, tell us about uh, dealer slash ticket package breakdown. First, first, since most of the people that are going to be watching the show are not dealers, if they're dealers, they probably already turned it off, right? Because they know everything. But if, if yeah. they're like me, or uh, maybe they've only been to a couple, or maybe they haven't yet been to Atlantic City and they're going, they want to know what the various ticket package options are and how to buy them and what they should or shouldn't buy and what is a reasonable amount of time to stay at the national talk about that ticket packages and what's a how much time do you need how much time is not enough time and how much time maybe overkill if any yeah okay um so just starting with the with the ticket package packages so the the first thing i would say is it if you can avoid it at all costs do not buy a ticket the day of like get get your ticket in advance i don't care yeah. what level of ticket you're buying um just try not to try not to do it when you get to the show because again, one of the, the things that we'll harp on and we'll talk about a little bit more in detail is just is just the importance of time management. You know, we're all on uh, a limited schedule, regardless of if that's you got a day at the show, you got the whole week at the show, whatever it might be. I mean, when you're when you're at the national, it's like being at a casino, like time just stands still. You look at your watch and you're like, oh, it's 930. We're going in. And then you'll be getting the call over the loudspeaker that the show floor closes in 15 minutes and you'll be like, where the hell did the day go? So um just re regardless of whatever your schedule looks like just just try and understand the importance of, of being able to manage your time and, and the importance of doing that and one of the ways that you can save yourself time is is doing things doing things in advance and buying the tickets is the the lowest of the low-hanging fruit to be able to save a little bit of time sure. um in terms of the tickets themselves so if you go up there yeah if you go up to the tickets uh tab i think it's the top left one right there that actually would be um Boom. would be help yeah there you go look, God, look at and you might be from louisiana but at least you got we don't need you, you, you got, know what you i don't need you I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you real quick let josh and i talk about tickets <laughs> you got good internet and you know you know how to use a, a www good for you so okay so this is on the national webpage. so the national webpage is nsccshow.com um it used to be a, a complete pile of crap but they redid it uh, two three years ago i mean it's actually a lot a lot a lot better so i always i always have to throw that in because kudos to them it used to be the dirt worst um but you'll see that there are i think there's five different ticket options right now um so you got your your ga your vip um your super vip and then your your five day early entry so there's four options um there the difference between the the vips versus the general and the five day is is really just it's just autograph tickets um and i think the super vip which is sold out anyway but that's get that gets you a parking pass too um but the the main thing to focus on that's the difference between general admission versus anything else is both the vip package and the new five day uh early what they call it five day uh, early yeah. entry pass. there you go yeah the five day early entry those allow you to get on the showroom floor 30 minutes ahead of everybody else um, and I cannot overstate the importance of being able to get that 30 minute head start every every single day. You know, if you're there, if you're there the entire week, 
that is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Look at that, my accountant brain. That's five days of early admission, 30 minutes apiece. That's two and a half hours of additional time that you have at the show. Like that really, really adds up. Um, and as you will see, whether it's getting into the show or waiting on grading or promotions or stuff like that, there's going to be a lot of lines. Um, and you can best manage your time by avoiding those lines or waiting in the smallest lines possible. And that extra 30 minute head start with either the, uh, the five day early entry or the VIP pass will allow you to wait in a much shorter line to get in. And then you won't have to wait because you'll, you'll see it walking in. If, if you look at the, I mean, the, the general admission line will be lined up to get in at 10 by yeah. starting like eight 30 in the morning. Yeah. So it just, what is but, this? But, what is this? Can you, can you read what I've got highlighted? Let me see if I can make that. There you go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So What's the this VIP party that's on that's on Wednesday. The VIP party on Wednesday, starting at two thirty. First, what is that? Second, what is week long use of the VIP lounge? Is that like a is that a strip club? Uh, it's a it's a don't ask, don't tell establishment. So, okay. Josh, what is this? V th that was something I couldn't remember either. Is this like a a two thirty in the afternoon VIP party? I don't I don't ever remember seeing that. Well, let me tell you one thing. I, I'm not a genius and I'm from Louisiana, but I know this. If anybody can go on here and get access for $149, it ain't that VIP. Mm -hmm. so, so I'll be there. So it's not it's not truly VIP. Yeah, I don't think I'll, it's an open bar. It's not an open bar or anything like that. That's right. It's not it's not that important. The um, VIP lounge they used to have in a Rosemont at least was like off to the side by where you yeah. pick your rooms and it was just like a place to sit and like hang out, like rest your feet for a few minutes. Yeah, I remember. So the, the lounge. Yeah, exactly. The lounge and the lounge was especially important in Chicago because there I mean, there's nowhere to sit in Chicago. You told me space was an issue. Yeah, literally nowhere. So like that, that was actually that actually kind of meant something. Um, I think that'll be less of a, a selling point, at least in, in Atlantic City. Um, but again, if, if you are going to go to the show, um, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of, of getting there as early as possible and the VIP ticket and then the five day early entry, those will allow you to do that. So yeah. um, go, yeah. go, go with those. I, I can't stress that enough. And I don't think we this question. Yeah, go ahead. You guys. Um, and again, I'm going to ask dumb questions because I've never been there. And I think these are probably questions that a lot of people that are watching that have never been that might be going this year would probably share. I hear about trade nights and mm -hmm. everybody's like the trade nights better than the show. Right. I hear that over and over. That's kind of the cliche phrase. So tell me this as a dealer, right? You guys are going to go, you're going to have, you're either going to have somebody already set it up for you. I think Josh has a, a business partner who's going to set up the table for him and bring the inventory in there. Sorry. I got a lawnmower going outside. Um, we'd expect, nothing, either, we'd expect nothing less. That's the soundtrack less. of your yeah. Cajun life is a lawnmower. Yeah. It's a push lawnmower. <laughs> um, it's a lay. It's uh, it's one of those rotary things, not even gas powered. But uh, if you've got all your stuff set up at the table, do you guys leave that stuff out on the table overnight? So I have a I have a body bag. Uh, it's yeah. like a nylon um, zipper bag that you you can stack. I think I can get seven showcases in there. Okay. I just lock it up, and I have a I have a lock and key that I lock it up. I mean, the show. I keep I take some cards back with me though. Some of the bigger bigger hitters. But for yeah. the most part, I leave most of the stuff in the showcases. I stack them up. 
And it, I mean, the, the the show from floor is usually secured, locked, end of the yeah. night. So I've never I've never once lost a car. Yeah. Yeah. Of all, yeah. Not knock on as much as we can, but of right. of all the different types of things that we've heard of going wrong through the years in terms of theft or crime or whatever, um, and some sort of after hours break in has never has never. That's never been one. Yeah. Um, I will since I have since I don't have nearly as much as much stuff. I'll I'll just pack almost all of it up um, every single day. I that's just kind of been my standard operating procedure. Like there was one night I actually left something that was expensive in a case overnight and I I didn't sleep. So I I just I just have too much anxiety about that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. But I I will say that the especially starting last year, like the the national took very public uh steps to let everybody know we're gonna have a lot more security uh at the show um both after hours and then you know plain clothes police officers walk in the show um hired security uh they were they were definitely tougher on badges letting people in and out too yeah. so um it's it was it was really good to see that and i have no reason to believe they wouldn't do the same, the same i gotta believe here. at some point with a bag like josh has and i'm sure the, the floor room's covered with bags like that at some point you know maybe if there's a midget dealer or somebody like that they may try to to sneak into that bag and then have their business partner zip them up then they they spring out of that bag at night steal all of justin's gold prisms because that's all he has mm -hmm. they go steal all his, you know but he takes them with him so maybe that i don't know maybe that wouldn't work i don't know um now we've offended old people and little people i was, um, I was, I was about to say well, i'm trying not to get canceled because what's next show, right bald, bald people people with beards people from louisiana we've already got louisiana covered um hey now go for it no, no, go on. You're going to make a Louisiana joke. That's I, I interrupted your Louisiana joke. <laughs> so my segue was, you know, asking about y'all wrapping up and packing all your stuff up. Yep. If you guys, when the show dies, right, for that evening, like Wednesday evening, you know, the show's over, boom, we're on our way to trade night A or trade night B. Do you guys take the stuff that's on your tables or just a certain select number of slabs or whatever and then roll over to the trade night? Or do you guys just go observe the trade night and just chill and drink? Or do you go to the casino? Like I've always wondered about how dealers participate in trade night. Are you so damn burned out from standing at that table all day? Maybe you don't want to screw with it at all. Justin, you can go. I'll defer to, to Justin. Okay. Yeah. So my thing, I, th th there's a couple different things there because the, the first, the first trade night is the big trade night on Thursday. And I think this will actually be, I think the first one, so it's, to give a little bit of history, so this started, and I think the first one was actually in Atlantic City in just like this tiny little conference room. So uh, Card Collector 2, Ryan, and then Jimmy, yep. Kentucky Basketball Cards, uh, they partnered on an idea just to have like a, a fun little way for everybody to go one night after the show. Um, it, it was definitely skewed towards more younger collectors, but just an option to go and meet people and a, a, much, a much easier way to kind of fa facilitate relationship building in the hobby. Um, and it was fantastic. Like it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I, I definitely went to that one. How many um, people? Hundred, five hundred. So I would say that the the first one was maybe a hundred, and then last year they had it in a Grand Hyatt ballroom at Rosemont, and I think they had twelve to thirteen hundred people. So it's off site. Um, it's going to be off site somewhere. Yeah. It's going to be at a restaurant, reserve room. Yep. It's going to be at a at one of the casino hotels. Or, or, you know, whatever, the Borgata or Tropicana or whatever. It's going to be off site. It's not going to be at yeah. the convention center. Okay. So, I, I, well, I don't think, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I don't think they've actually released the details of where it's going to be. Um, I yeah. believe the last time that they did it, it was, oh, crap, maybe 
maybe I didn't go to that one. It all runs together now, but I, it, 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 it just depends on. Yeah, it just, you, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You you just you just go. So um, it starts, I think, at six thirty because the showroom floor closes at at six. And I, I don't think that's something that we um, that we touched on, but just general show hours. Um, so the way that the week works is Tuesday is reserved for uh, early dealer setup. So dealers can come in, pay an extra 75 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, and starting, I think, at 8 a.m. that morning, maybe 10 a.m. But they have basically the entire day to, to move in, set up displays, do whatever they got to do. Um, a, lot of, a lot of buying and selling takes place on Tuesdays for early yeah. dealer setup, a lot. Just um, intra-dealer, right? Just yep, intra-dealer yeah. deals, inventory, filling gaps, yep. doing, you know, consolidating whatever needs to be done. Okay. Yep, that's exactly right. So that is that is that is Tuesday, and that's just dealers. Um, Not Wednesday, correct. Yep. Wednesday, yeah. there is also an early dealer setup period in the morning, um, but Wednesday is when things start to start to get rolling. Um, so as you pointed out, there's the there's the unknown VIP party that starts at two thirty, um, so but VIP. then the it's the the actual show kicks off with it's it's called a, a sneak peek, but it's basically the Wednesday hours. So starting at three thirty, um, VIPs and the five day early entry folks uh, can get on the showroom floor. Um, and Wednesday, the Wednesday evening is still usually like a lot of dealers haven't set up yet. They're still taking time to to wander the floor and, and see what's out there and get a feel for things. Yeah. Um, but the actual show starts Wednesday. It starts Wednesday at three thirty for. Uh, the fancy folks, and then 4 p.m. for everybody else, and that it runs until uh, 8 p.m. on on Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, the okay. rest of the rest of the week, Thursday through Sunday, is uh, 9:30 to the the fancy folks, the VIPs, and the early admittance, and then 10 a.m. for the the GAs, and then it, it's it's uh, until 6 p.m. the rest of the week. So that's good. Uh, well, we're yeah. sleep in a little bit. I don't know why I was thinking 8 a.m. and I was like, man, I'm gonna be dead ass tired from no thankfully thankfully we don't have to do that but trade night trade night is always thursday night so it is thursday night at 6 30. so um, there's not i thought there was like trade nights every night no oh man don't steal just don't steal my thunder hold hold on we're Still getting there. it's coming we're getting, we're trade nights always thursday night that would lead one to the, the sorry the, the so you know how it's the national and not yeah. nationals plural. The, this is Ryan, the trade Ohio night forgot, yeah I, I would reference ohio state but i'll Again, I'm I'm trying to work clean, so we won't yeah. we won't get into that. Yeah, um, but the the trade night is Thursday night. It'll start at 6:30 p.m. Um, they, they usually runs about four hours, uh, yeah. and you will you just show up. And Jimmy and Ryan um, organize guests. Like Jimmy's a Jimmy's a big wig at Kentucky, so you'll have that in common. I but he gets, I gotta meet him, man. I, I oh definitely gotta meet him. I've got Jimmy, all kinds of Jim, Jimmy's yeah. the patron saint of the hobby. I, I cannot yeah. speak. I cannot yeah. speak highly enough of Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but he gets like he gets Kentucky guys to come in and sign for free. And again, it's just a it's a much less intimidating forum for a lot of folks to meet and hang out with each other, um, cool. talk about cards and all that stuff. And and again, I I have gone to all of them just for a different amount of time. And while I am definitely I'm probably at least double the age of most people that's in there. Yeah. Um, it's still a really fun and I think a really important palate cleanser too to see that the hobby is not just all the us. things we like to complain yeah. about. Yeah, and us exactly. Like it's yeah. it's it's strong, it's it's young, it's diverse, um, and there's just so much going on that's that's out of your kind of normal purview. So yeah. I always do try and make it a point to to go say hi to Ryan and Jimmy. They're always running around uh, like crazy, but just say hi, support them. 
Um, and it's because it's really it's a really important event because the uh, one of the the other themes that I'm sure we'll I'll talk about multiple times and we all will is just just the importance of relationship building. Like you can't the, the nationals about the uh, definitely about the cards and card the cards are important, but like the relationship building and meeting people that you talk to online yeah. that's the stuff that's important and helps you really honestly find the cards down the road that you need because somebody that you met is like hey I know you're a you're a Jordan guy or Kentucky guy would you be yeah. interested in this yeah. it's just stuff like that and that that's what's really important so I would encourage everybody to get out of their comfort zone and this is always a reminder for me too because I'm Brian I'm like you I'm I'm old I want to go back to the hotel room watch some Netflix get some room service and go to sleep but it's like no don't don't I do can that. do 9:30 I can do 10:30 even you know but we start getting to 12:31 I'm gonna be trading away cards that I really shouldn't. I'm gonna make bad decisions. This is, this That's is without true any too. alcohol. That's without any alcohol. This is so true. So I got too. two questions. The first one's a yes yeah. or no question for both of you guys. The yes or no, one word answer. You think there's more or less people in the hobby today than there was a year ago? Oh, a year of a year ago. One year ago. One calendar year. Less. More. Okay. That's it. You only get one word answer. And then my next question is, and I should have asked this first, and you guys are going to know the answer to this question. Sorry, I get to throw out random questions. <laughs> it's your show. I got you. Yeah, it's like I'm going to throw out random questions. Um, how many tables? We didn't even ask that question. Do you guys know the, the number of tables? I know you said the tables yeah. could potentially be bigger if you buy a 10 by 15 or, you know, but just generally speaking, the biggest show I have ever attended was 40 tables, and one of them was mine. That's big. Josh, what a- I was two and a half percent of the show. I was probably ninety-two and a half percent of the value of the cards at the show, but I was two and a half percent of the tables. So we were. Where I've been. What were we at last year, Josh? In Chicago, six six hundred fifty, and this is booths, right? Not tables, booths. So booths. it's six hundred and booths. I think it was six hundred fifty to seven hundred. What do you mean booths? Like B O O T H. Yeah, but what do you mean, like? like oh, all right. What's the difference so, between a table and a booth? So a booth, a booth consists of two tables. <laughs> this is this a booth is could be than, many tables. A this booth is better is than every, anything I could have ever dreamed of. So like a booth could be many tables. A booth is something you sit on. What are you talking about? Oh hell. Okay. Oh. All right. So this is the way that that no. uh, the, the national is set up. So there are different sequences of squares like this. These these little pods. It'll be. Each one of these is a booth, and each booth is one table and then two tables. So if you multiply the number of booths <laughs> times two, yeah, times two, we're at about 1,300 tables for the national. That's what I want to know. I don't care about booths. It's not Shoney's. This is not Denny's. I want to know how many tables are there. I want to know how many different dealers are going to be there. So it's more, it's going to be a bigger show than I'm used to in Baton Rouge. It might. That's what I'm trying to get at. Many many are saying, the mainstream media is saying that there will be more tables. (laughs) We we need to see the card ladder predicted value of how many booths are in Baton Rouge versus how many booths are in Atlantic City to really know. But the confidence meter would be pretty high that Atlantic City is going to be bigger. Well, in the, the wild, the wild thing is too. Then, in the past year since the hobby's blown up, like you'll see just people on Instagram or Facebook posts of like guys that are just looking for a a, a like a single display case of space, and they're like, "I'll give you two thousand dollars for one display case for the whole week." 
No, I'm serious. I'm I'm dead serious. Like squatters, like you you just exactly. squat, you get a, you get your you get your boot and then you just you know you just rent it out or lease I think, it out. I think last year I heard somebody somebody sold one case of one display case of space at a random booth for thirty five hundred dollars. Hand over my heart. Swear to God. My God, I could buy so many Jalen Brown Prism PSA tens for that base Prism. Base. So it's on the inventory. I can throw the inventory, baby. So trade, so trade. We got the trade night on Thursday, but on Thursday, but then trade nights, lowercase plural. There's informal stuff going on every night. So all yeah. you got to do is hop on Instagram and look through your yeah. stories, and there you'll see stories of people. Hey, we're at Caesars. Hey, we're at the the lobby of the Sheridan, and it's just it's just swarms of of card collecting nerds, and yeah. they just descend on hotel lobbies. High school parties, like did people yeah. use C C B radios back when y'all were in high school to say, Hey, like the next party's at this place, or did they know no? We didn't have cell phones. I was, we were I, I was the early early cell phone generation. I oh, had a cell okay, phone so, I had a cell phone that had dude, like totally ninety did. daytime minutes a month that was used for emergencies. Okay. <laughs> we we used to have to use a, a radio on our oh, yeah. horses that we were riding. So we'd have a, a radio strapped to the side on, on our saddle. And then they would tell us, well, hey, man, the party's at Motel 6 over off, you know, Airline Highway. We meet over there. I did not go to very many hotel parties. That was not really my style. I was in training, of course, uh, becoming the perfect athletic specimen. So uh -huh. I didn't do all that. But uh, so let me ask you this question, Justin. I know you take the trip down and you go to the Dallas show all the time. Josh, have you been to the Dallas show yet? No, no. But Justin, you go, if, if the Dallas show is X, the Atlantic city show is 1.5 X. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. it'll be four to five times that. Yeah. So really? da okay, Dallas, wow. Dallas, I think is 500 tables. Okay. So just to, again, what tables, the tables, how many booths? Gators, the Gators. I got, I want to, I want to give you the finger, but I won't. My mom will probably watch this. Um, <laughs> Look down here. I'm giving you the finger right now. Like, no, like I said, I gotta, I gotta work clean. Um, no, but the and the the thing that it's not just the not just the number of tables too that that's that much bigger than Dallas. It's you're gonna have you're gonna have huge exhibition center or uh, areas set up for Panini, for Upper Deck, for I'm sure Fanatics is just gonna have a, a massive display set up there. You'll have yeah. you'll have setups for um, for all the auction houses that are there too for your heritages, your goldens, your your REAs, all those different um, all those different folks will have a a show presence, um, and they they won't be set up selling stuff. They'll be there, you know, talking about the, a lot of the auction houses will have uh, the different cards that they have on upcoming auctions. So you'll be able nineteesauctions.com. The preview that many many are yes. saying 90sauctions.com is going to have uh, roughly 1,700 square feet of floor space. I wish, my man. Maybe 17. I think 17. Well, you got to get Ayo Gosunmu there with a 90sauction.com jersey on hyping your auction house, Dude, man. It's, it writes itself. How can it's you lights know? out. It's lights out. It's all yeah. smooth sailing from there. I yeah. Okay. But it's just, cool. it's just it's just so much bigger. Yeah. Again, the, yeah. the scope of the scope of this it's it's once a year versus Dallas is six times a year, I think. So this yeah. is this not only not only is this just like a, a show for dealers to buy and sell stuff, but it's also 
it's also a trade show for corporate exhibitors. For and all sure, that for stuff. sure. It's almost like a convention mixed with a card yeah. show. Yeah, it's exactly it's, right. It's almost right. like a mint mixed with Dallas, only yeah. twice as big or three times as big. Much bigger. Yep. What um, what was I gonna say? Um, uh, I've got no excuse for not going. To, I've never been to Dallas, and I've got no. I've always got a conflict that weekend. It's seven hours from me, so it's nothing mm-hmm. from Baton Rouge. And I go to Dallas all the time for my kids' soccer trips. That's where Dallas is huge for soccer, North North Texas, and so it's nothing. And we make trips over there all the time. It's a day trip. I mean, I can get over there in seven hours, stay two nights, and come back. And I've never done it. It's always been a conflict, and so I kind of wanted to to do that for lack of a better word to pop my cherry for, for a decent sized show, and then go to the national. So I'm not so you know dazed and confused when I get up there, but uh, I just never been able to go over there as like a precursor to the national, like a baby national, you know? Well, and to, to that point as well. So that's a good point too. So I don't care if you've been as many times as Josh or I, or you're one of the, the, uh, the old gray hairs who's been there 40 plus times, or you're, you're a first timer. Like the very first time you walk on the show floor, you're going to be like, Holy sh! Like this is, this is <laughs> nuts. Crazy. Like it's, it's just always the most ridiculous thing. It's like, I am in a, hundreds of thousands of square foot convention center and everything and everybody here is talking about cards. Do you, do you guys get, I know you guys are dealers. I'm i I'm just a walk-in, right? I'm a transient. Am I going to see every table? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You're there. You're there all are you, week. You're not going to see every table in a day though. No, no, no I would, I would agree with no that. Way. No way. Yeah. I'm I'm Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, fly back Saturday, kind of midday. So Saturday is kind of a wash for me. So essentially, I've got two days and then whatever I can get in on Wednesday. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the plan. Hopefully I can get the experience and get to meet all you guys. There's so many of you guys that I've become friends with in the hobby. I can't wait to meet you guys. Well, um, and one of the one of the things, too, that the National has has focused on the, the past couple of years is trying to do a better job of like grouping people that like dealers that sell cards, like yeah. don't, put, don't put dealers that sell cards, like in the middle of a bunch of like old guys that sell pennants, you know, try and put cards near cards, um, memorabilia near memorabilia. And it, it does make for a much easier uh, way to traverse a much more efficient way to traverse the show. So sure. you definitely won't see everything, but a lot of stuff you don't need to see. Right. You can skip some of it. I wonder if they could put some thought into, you know, almost compartmentalizing it, you know, topographically, like, you know, baseball, basketball, uh, football, other sports, vintage, ultra modern, you know, maybe if there's some way to do that, I don't know, that would probably, you know, kill foot traffic in certain sectors, I would think. So maybe that's not a good idea. I would think 90s basketball would be a cluster F. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah. the thing with the thing with that too is we actually pick our booth locations for next year's show, the Friday of the current show. Yeah. So on the on the Friday of the AC National, Josh and I'll pick our booths for. What Josh was saying that's crazy. The man. Chicago National, yeah. yeah. So it's it's still all based on priority. Um, I know Megan and the rest of the crew over over there is trying to make it a little bit better in terms of not just like hanging out random dealers to dry and putting them in the middle of right. a bunch of stuff that they they're not selling. Um, sure. So they're not on an island, but it's, sure. yeah, uh, again, ideally that'd be great, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Is there a lot of space? You mentioned Chicago is a little tighter, but Atlantic city, you said it's a little bit more spread out. Is there enough space where if I'm at a table and I'm talking to a dealer and we're working something out, somebody comes up, you know, I don't get a deal done with that dealer for this gold Steph Curry 2012 prism, but the guy walks up to me and says, Hey, I'm interested in that. You like my stuff. 
and I walk backwards. Is there like a place to go walk backwards to a bench or a table or like a neutral area where there'll be some space where me and my guy can hammer it out so we don't have to do it right on top of that? I shouldn't say that. That did not sound good. Me and this guy can work out a trade uh, instead of doing it, you know, working out the trade right on that dealer's table. Is there like a neutral area? There's plenty of space for that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. And again, the AC was a while back. It, I don't I don't know if there was necessarily a bunch of like extra seating, but there's definitely all sorts of just like space against the wall. If it's just like, hey, man, you just want to yeah. pop down for uh, Jesus, more phrasing. You just yeah. want to like go go sit down in the corner over here like, 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 gen like gentlemen. Right. And, uh, and and see if we can on the side. figure. Right. Yeah, exactly. Figures in the VIP room. Just figure yeah. something out. Um there's a lot more opportunity in, in AC and a lot more space to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that kind of touches on a, a little bit of uh, some stuff that we we need to talk about with dealer etiquette. Uh, yeah. But you're 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 exactly right, though. There, there's definitely going to be plenty of room to be able to uh, to just catch up with other folks and, um, you know, try and make deals. And I mean, yeah. there'll be people doing that all over the place. So, yeah. And, and look, I think I think we can all three agree. This is definitely going to be more than. A one part episode. This is going to have to be at least two parts because there's too much stuff we haven't talked about. Yep. But, it, but the one thing I did want to add, so we're going to kill it probably about an hour, hour and 10, something like that. So about 15, 20 more minutes. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about you guys, have you guys planned out anything thus far? Have you planned out trade nights? Have you planned out dinners? Have y'all planned stuff like that out? And if you have, why haven't you included me? So one, because we don't like you, but also number two, um, I, will surprise you to learn I've never been to a trade night. I usually, when I'm done with the show, I usually meet up with people for dinner who I haven't seen all year. Yeah. Um, I'm okay passing on the trade night. I went, well, I went once and it was a lot, kids a lot younger than me that had yeah. stuff that I didn't know what I was looking at. And yeah, it was I, probably LSD. It, oh, it was definitely, it was the drugs. Definitely the yeah. drugs. And uh, I just didn't know what it was. I was like, I, 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 I don't know what this is. So yeah. like, you know, zebra prism logos. I, I, I didn't want to. But then all your base prisms looked like zebra cookie crumble, a unicorn. Exactly. Prism. You you thought the yeah. you thought the colored you thought the colored prism was base and vice versa. Got host. I've got seven hundred Jason Tatum zebra select prisms now. Now that I've taken this this tab of acid. I have a standing dinner with a friend every year at the National on Friday night, and then cool. we have I try to find people I haven't seen all year to have dinner like yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. And all of a sudden yeah. it's Saturday night and you're done. And then Sunday and you go home. Yep. It goes like fast. And that I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the exact, I'm the exact same what yeah, standing dinner with a friend. I even yeah. I'm gonna say the exact same thing too, because I, I have a my 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 card Sherpa, my mentor, uh, my buddy that I mentioned from college that got me back into this 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Um, he lives overseas, but he always comes over uh, to oh, the national cool. with he comes in, he comes in with his dad and his little brother. So we always go out to dinner on Thursday night. Awesome. Um you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a couple back and then, uh, I, I, you do, I do usually like to get over to trade night towards, um, you know, just before it's about to close it, just to walk around, make a laugh. Yeah. And like I said, just try and say hi to, to, to Jimmy and, uh, to Jimmy and Ryan. And, and yeah. if, if anything, you need to get over to trade night so you can be ridiculously humbled with how the firepower that these, uh, youngsters have, yes. um, because you'll just walk around and look down at, at, at a random table covered in slabs or cards and it'll be uh it'll be somebody that looks like it's your your son and he's got yeah. 50 60k of cards in front of him and you're like yeah man i was making i was making 690 an hour at my local harris teeter grocery store i there ain't no way i could afford yeah. this stuff right so. i was mowing yards to buy uh 86 tops baseball 
damn it, instead of 86 Fleer basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what was I doing? Y'all don't have this. I mean, I've, I've got no excuse. Y'all got excuses. I got no excuse. I was buying 86 and 87 stupid baseball cards when I could have been buying 86 Fleer. Yeah. I would not have people like you on my channel. I'd have much more important people on my channel if I had bought 86 Fleer. I'll tell you that. That's a that's a tough look. That's a tough look. But yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely there's bar nights and all that stuff. Um, it cool. unfortunately I haven't heard of anything like that. But but Wednesday night there'll definitely be something. Do y'all gamble? Do y'all do you guys gamble at all? Do you? Yeah. I don't. I don't touch it. But I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I could care less. I mean, I, I'll oh, go. Really? I'll you don't. Watch you, don't you don't gamble. Well, I don't gamble. I've got Kitty Rogers beat when it comes to cards, but I don't gamble. Uh-huh. You're gonna be, you're gonna be thumbing rides home instead of taking that Spirit. That Spirit Airlines flight's gonna look like a private jet compared to the one right. you're gonna have to get right. home after uh, after the casinos. I'm staying. I'm staying in a hotel called the Claridge. Ever heard of it? Oh yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, you're good. Okay, I'll be all right. Yeah. Fine. Cool. That's wow. Dude, that's that's, that's my way of saying yikes. Yeah, you don't know. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Die. Well, right now. now there's going to be a big crowd down in the lobby when I leave Thursday morning to go to the show to get off. I bet. I bet. Uh, but yeah, there's there's stuff going on every every night. And I think that's that's what's one of the few things that's cool about social media is that, you know, you'll you'll see Instagram stories of people that like, "Hey, we're in the the lobby of the Sheridan or like over at Caesars or just something like that." So if you want to if you want to do stuff at the National but you think there's nothing to do, like shame on you because there's yeah. stuff going on every oh, every hour that. of every day. I'm worried about having to, I think we're going to have to I mean, I feel like I'm going to have to pick and choose. There's so many of you guys that I've become friends with, you know, through group chats and Instagram, Facebook and just generally speaking that I feel like I'm going to have to pick and choose and it's going to suck. I'm not going to get to see all the guys that I want to meet in person, you know? Um, I think, but, I um, think you will. I mean, you, you definitely will, but I think the, the counter to that is, you know, when you're, when you're just roaming around the show floor, like another good way to hang out with people is just take a lap with them because oh, for it, sure. at I, some point, it, at some I'm point, like you'll, speak. yeah, you'll just get, you'll just get sick of like looking at cards, everything will look the same. Um, and, and you'll just start to kind of just get pissed off and bored as weird as that sounds. Exactly. What you're looking for. exactly. I, feel, I feel like you're right. I think I'm going to get to that point. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to, run through the Wednesday night and then Thursday morning. And I can feel, I mean, I can just feel it coming on by Thursday, like shortly after lunch, I'll be ready to go find somebody and say, Hey, what are you looking for? What are you doing? Maybe yeah. I've seen, it, you know, or just, and just kind of talk to people and meet people and spend some time and just enjoy the last 36 hours, you know? Yeah. Um, and may, like, I think that that might be a, a good way to, uh, and of course you can cut this, but maybe just a good way to, to close out this, this hour is that just the importance of like expectation versus reality. Um, mm-hmm. especially sure. for a first timer such as yourself, because it, I mean, I, I'm the same way every single year. It's like expectations are like, oh, hell yeah, it's the national. Let's go. It's like it's going to be all the biggest and best stuff. And I'm going to find the stuff I've been looking for. And I'm going to get yeah. steal. I'm going to get steals and make trades and and all this stuff. And, you know, you, you, get, you hit the showroom floor. You're super excited. You make that first lap like you're you're moving way too fast. You're not taking stuff in. You're basically just like scanning, scanning boots for real specific stuff, hoping you get lucky. Um, You make that first lap like an hour, hour and a half later. And you're like, you're like, well, son of a, son of a bitch. I didn't find anything that I was looking for. It's like this, this is all the same. This stuff is boring. This stuff's lame. Um, Josh, I've got an idea for you. uh I think you should 
I think you should get one of those like uh, signs and then like put it down the back of your T-shirt and maybe strap it around your waist. And it, and it should say looking for diamond dimensions and then have every card set number in there that you still need. That is the there, best way. Then they come to you. You don't have to walk around 1,500 tables. There are guys that do stuff like that. Dude, that's are. fantastic. Did somebody already are. steal my idea? I thought that was Cajun ingenuity. That was, that's, it. that's brilliant. If I was still collecting mm. the PMG set, I'm about to cry thinking yeah. about it. I would just have a big hunting for red PMGs. Will pay I'll less than that. It definitely, that. it definitely does happen. But, but yeah, you're, you're just. It, there's going to be points. It'll happen multiple times during the show too, where you just yeah. kind of, you just get bogged down, and you're like, this isn't. I'm I'll not having it. as, I'm not having as much fun as I thought I'd be having. So that's the perfect right. time to, again, maybe reach out to guys that you, you didn't get a chance to catch up with at a bar night or something like that, and be like, hey, I'm, I'm over at Josh's booth. Do y'all want to go take a lap or just kick it together yeah. and. And, you know, you just start talking and, and BSing and, and you, you realize that, you know, there's a little bit more to this. And then you kind of come back in and you, you re-engage with the show and maybe guys have turned over inventory. And they food their, on site? They have food on site at the convention center? Yeah, oh. I can't. I don't I don't think don't it's very it? good, though. I, I don't remember Atlantic City being especially bad. It's just most exactly. of the stuff's usually terrible. There's a, not a fan. There's a good uh, sub spot called White House Subs. White House. They okay. Make, they make their own bread. It's really good. White House is amazing. Yeah. What, um, real quick, we're about to wrap it up, but I wanted to ask you guys this question because even though you've been to 30 almost or right at 30 nationals between you guys, it's been a really long time since you've been to the national where cards are probably not quite as hot as they were the national before. This will probably be the first one in many, many years where the hype for cards, the demand for cards, the value of not all, but a large quantity of cards. It's going to be less than the year before. How are, I'm not talking about the old dudes selling, you know, Newhousers or whatever your guys, George Keel or whatever his name is, uh, vintage baseball. But I'm talking about cards that you guys transact with, the guy, you know, the Jordans, the 90s stuff, the ultra modern even, the RPAs. This is the first time those cards should be worth a little bit less. Are dealers going to be flexible? Or do you think they're going to have 2021 prices on these cards and be stubborn? Well, I will say cost for these dealers who do this full time, it costs a lot to get out there. Yeah. The cost yeah. to set up is is high. So you said you're in a thirty five hundred dollar hole, basically, right, Josh, with hotel hotel, travel, table, food, all that, right? Yeah. Thirty five hundred dollar hole, work your way out. And so from a dealer perspective, we gotta get going. I'm using counting numbers for you, Justin. Revenue. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. We yeah. won't get into booths versus tables again. That was yeah. that was that was tough enough. We, we can edit that out in post production. Not, not accounting. No, we're not editing that out in post. That is staying <laughs> in. My diagram is staying in. Um that's a great question. I mean, it's honest, mm -hmm. it's something I've been thinking about like the past three or four months too, since I technically do this full time mm -hmm. now. It's it's just uh, ironically as as the as the value of cash continues to decrease as inflation gets worse it's like the value of cash in the hobby is getting more and more powerful um and i think that one of the especially one of the challenges that i've had is just because something is 25 to 30 percent cheaper than it was a month two months ago um doesn't mean that it's a buy and i mean i definitely like i'll look through my spreadsheet and be like god damn it you know i probably shouldn't have bought that um so i think it's i, I think the bargaining power of cash should be much more powerful this year than it has been um, is in years past, especially with with crypto getting absolutely destroyed. Because crypto, destroyed. I think Bitcoin was 50k plus last summer, 55 really? somewhere around there. Um, I I don't remember exactly, but um, 
with bit god it's under 22 now with bitcoin getting crushed um you know with with just the stocks taking a stocks taking a dive like it, it people people are going to want cash so i think that's that's good for buyers but at the same time um oh bitcoin was only around 33 last year sorry about that well still it was 50 percent over Bitcoin's what it was 21.9 in ethereum is 1,196. Yeah. And, and so Bitcoin around the national last summer was I was like 35. So it's still down yeah. 50%. So like yeah. some people have lost 50% of their purchasing power, which makes inflation look like peanuts. Or, or net worth, depending on how aggressive yeah, they were. Yeah, like you, said, you, you said it, not me. Um, but it's, it's going to be really important because I, I do think that there will be dealers more willing to work this year than maybe previous years because they also yeah. understand the importance of that cash. Mm -hmm. um, but on the flip side of for attendees and for dealers as well. But when you want to buy stuff, you just need to maybe be a little more, a, bit, a little bit more disciplined this year than in, in years past and say that, Hey, just, just because this is cheaper at a booth than it was two months ago or a month ago, like do, do I need to buy this? Yeah. It's like, do I, I want to buy this versus do I need to buy this? I've got a vibe and it maybe it's just a gut instinct that that trading is going to be at the forefront because people are going to want to <laughs> yeah. not, they're not going to want to sell because sometimes that's, it's hard for human beings to say, I got my ass whipped, you know, right. my LeBron, I just lost six grand on LeBron Chrome PSA 10. That people mm -hmm. don't like to admit that. And, and when they get the money in exchange for that, they're going to not feel real good, but there's almost like a hidden win if you can move out of LeBron and move into fill in the blank, you know, shiny, new Tatum, uh, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, whatever for that value. You may not feel as dirty and you may not feel as much of a failure. Uh, and I'm raising my hand because I've, I've taken a loss on a lot of oh, them. I'm, I'm right. There. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it as we speak right now. I, I get it. I, I but don't I'm buying. Yeah. I'm, buying. I'm not buying the same LeBron cards I was buying a year ago. We're going to we're about to talk cards. Let's talk cards for five minutes. I'm not buying the same LeBron cards that I was buying a year ago, but I'd be happy to look at you know, some nice short print LeBron yeah. cards that are a little off the radar, yeah. you know, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, he's got too many great things on the immediate horizon that are inevitable. His son is going to find his way onto an NBA roster. LeBron is going to force his way onto whatever that roster is because the way he structures his contract, he's going to pass Kareem barring some preposterous, you know, circumstance that intervenes. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. And then you've always got the dangling carrot that it's possible that he may bounce and go find a super team and win another one. That's five really big things. That's five former inevitable, five of them if he wins another ring, five great things. That's uptick, 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 uptick. Yeah. And, and I know we, we've talked about this on the on the side in the in the group chats before, but, you know, I, I feel that there has been we, we have we have now overcorrected on LeBron and I, I, I think the pendulum has swung too far back. Yep, exactly. Oh, it's it's not it's not it's not necessarily there there was plenty of good reason that we need to come come back down to earth, but the fact that the Lakers have been so god awful since basically January, like it, it this isn't just the normal uh playoffs are over dip or you know, oh shucks, the season's over so it stuff's across the board softens up. Like this this yeah. has been this has been coming for a long time and, and yeah. there's any number of different reasons why certain I, we think certain things have been hit worse than others but but yeah it's i'm i'm not quite there to start buying certain lebron things but other things like you said brian it's it's one of those things like ooh, this is nice so. do you guys think let me let me throw one card out there we're going to end it on this this is so off topic but i'm curious to get y'all's thoughts and i know neither one of you people would ever buy this card but i wanted to get your thoughts 
is there a number, right? Is there a number where Josh Adams or Justin would consider buying a PSA 10 base prism Luka Doncic card in bulk? Could it get to a point where you think that's, I know it's pop 21,000. That's, that's just too low of a price point. Give me four of them or give me 12 of them. Is there a, is there a number? Could you even envision if I said, Justin, give me $500 for five Luka Doncic PSA 10 prisms. Would you mess with that deal right now? No. You wouldn't, would you? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mess with. I wouldn't mess with base commodity and, stuff like yeah, that. And I said you had to hold it for. Obviously, you you do the deal right now and sell it tomorrow. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you couldn't no, sell I it in you. two years, would you take Luka Doncic prism base PSA tens for 100 bucks right now, Josh? Would you? No. No. So that tells me we're still not at the bottom. But if, with, if the three people on this screen wouldn't want to hold those five cards for two years and then flip them and think they could make a pretty good margin, then well, we're not at the bottom yet, and that's scary. Well, we're also we also just we're, we don't collect that stuff either. Like if, if we were gonna if we were gonna buy Luca, yeah, no, I, no, no, no. I'm I'm just saying in the hypothetical. If you're it's buying like, Luca, right? You're gonna buy a select yeah. base. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just we're buying we're buying those optic base. Um, the optic base or the Donruss. Yeah, tell me, Josh, what you got? Well, the reason I wouldn't buy that is kind of what Justin said. I don't collect that stuff, but also yeah. I kind of try to stay disciplined in what I buy and sell. And I only, I don't really buy and sell active players. So I just yeah. stay away from that. Let me, let me, re hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. If you, if you, if you, if you gave a similar, uh, or if you, if you gave a similar example, but instead of Luca base, you said a Luca blue prism rookie PSA 10 that had dropped a proportionate value to what you're yep. saying right now with your Luca base yep. uh, rookie example, I'm, I'm damn close. I'm really, I'm really close. So the question, so, so what that means is your, your answer hinges squarely on, it's not the player, it's not the product because it's the same product. It's not the grade because it's the yep. same grade. It hinges squarely on how much is too much when it comes yep. to pop, period. Yep. And yep. so here's what's funny. I think the pendulum has swung too far. I think that cards that are 146 pop are now perceived by the hobby as a high pop card. I don't think 146 is high pop. And I know we hang in weird circles where 20 is too many, but 146 fill in the blank. Uh, Jalen Brown, let's say Jalen Brown, silver prisms like that. That card's, you know, gone significantly down and then up and down. People think two Brandon Ingram prism silver rookie cards. The pops like, you know, low hundreds or something like that. I don't think that's a lot. I don't think that's a lot if Brandon Ingram becomes a first-team All-NBA guy or well, they, a franchise player or if they make a run in the playoffs. I think that card explodes. Yeah, right I, now, I agree. Everybody would think that's too many. That's way too many. 148? Oh, my God. I don't want that. There's 148 of them. Yeah, but there's 30,000 million people that collect cards. No, I know it. I I agree. I just the the problem with that one though is just with the proliferation of all the different auction sites and the way that these things sell now. It's like something that's a something that's a pop five hundred that used to sell on average two to three times a year now probably sells three to four times that. So there's no longer kind of that air of exclusive. Like the I think the LeBron Topps Chrome Black Refractor PSA or whatever like call it, a blood P, call it call it a PSA nine has been absolutely slaughtered the past Destroyed. twelve months. I mean you Destroyed. can get one of those now for around. I think around 30k, low 30s, basically, yeah. um, and, and just that's one of those cards that, again, serially number to 500. Everybody loves the black border. Um, yeah. I think that I think the the aesthetic preference is for the the black refractor instead of the X fractor, which is number to 220, because there's a, there, there's a stronger differentiation. But the fact that one sells every 
every two damn weeks on an auction site. It's just, it's no, there's, there's no longer a perception of, of, of it's what, what's the, what do we go with in the group chat? Scarcity versus rarity, uh, rarity versus rarity. scarcity. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's one that's just been beaten to hell. There's no better example of that premise than the Jordan Fleer 57 PSA yeah. 10. You, if we, if you see two a month or three a month, in which case it's been, you know, here and there, it's just never going to go up in value. It's well, in the, the it, it, now, I, now I know we're just rambling, but this does have something to do to do with Atlantic City. So Atlantic City in 2016 was the first, and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the first real hobby boom that I remember, because that was the first run of Jordan rookies going nuts. Yes. So this was this was six years ago. It jumped to 26, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It got up to 25, 26k. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were a couple. There were a couple dealers there that had yes. ten showcases filled with all Jordan rookies, rookies of all grades. Yep. And we I were, I think, I think late July, last week in July was when we were starting to come down off the on the backside of the mountain. So we had we had seen the full run up, and things were starting to soften up just a little bit, but we hadn't started that just straight down slam yet. So yeah. it's it's. It's ironic that that's where we are six years later, um, yeah. <laughs> back in the exact same place where kind of this stuff had its first moment in the sun. Hopefully history repeats itself and fanatics bring some optimism to the hobby and some growth in demand and, and, you know, things turn around. All right. Last question. Then we're going to kill it. Three minutes here. We got three minutes, but we each only get a minute. If you could walk away from the national, you have one card that you want to pick up at the national. And you might not want to share this. And if you don't want to share the real card, just make one up. But I'll tell you, my, I'm going to share my real. Card. All right, good because I got to make some. You want to that you want to pick up, and you'll be like mission accomplished. I got the one card that I was looking for, whether it's by trade in cash or just pour, you know, dropping the cash on the table. Whatever the case may be, there's one card you want to walk from Atlantic City with. What's that card, Josh? What you got? Uh, uh 40, 48 leaf Bowman, a uh, 48 leaf uh, Feller, or a uh, 96 Legacy Jordan. So two. Sorry. I'm glad you gave two because the the first one may as well have been in in Cantonese. I have no idea what that is. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can translate that now. That's good. Uh, that's good. I'm learning so much every week when Josh actually shows up to do this show. Uh, I learned so much from him about vintage baseball. So I know that '48 seems like an important year, and Jackie Robinson was a rookie that year. So, are, is that because you're set collecting, or is yes, that just okay? I need three more for the set. That's one of them. Well, you got to be able to accomplish that in Atlantic City. It's a tough card to find. Is it? Yeah. Okay, and you you don't just want any card. You want relatively high grade. No, I will take any card. I'm not forty eight Bob Feller. I mean, we've got probably there's probably going to be 30, 40 people that watch this show. Maybe one of them will have a Bob Feller, and they can they yeah. can deal with you. Okay, no Justin, what's your card? If you're, uh, if you're, oh okay. Lord, have mercy! I'm trying to think of something that's reasonable. That you don't have. Yeah, reasonable, and I'm sure whenever I say whatever card that is, people are going to be like, "God, this guy's so full of himself that he thinks this Jordan is reasonable." Uh, um, no, it doesn't have to be reasonable at all. I'm just saying, if you're comfortable sharing what your card really is, share it. If not, give me card number seven. Well, on well, I mean, list. I'm always. I mean, I'm, look, I've I've made my bones about it for years. Like, I, I I love the history of Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron triple autos. Like on card yeah. triple autos. You want to you want to talk about you want to talk about not a lot of them. Like. That's yeah. that's something that we are working with a very small, finite population. And if I was able to work my way into one of those, I and I gave one up in the national last year. Um, mm -hmm. So if I was able to work my way into to one of those in some way, I mean that would be. Does it have thing. to be on card for you? Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I won't say no, but I, I, I would need. You prefer. I would, I would need to be much lower in value than what I think the market sure. is on a sticker, sure. and I just, it's. And that's the, that's just you know those you, those numbers are big enough. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair to, I mean, to the dealer for me to, yeah. get that for what I would. Yeah. Want and that's one way to kind of shrink your population is you know you want a triple auto with LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan. But you also want it in a certain grade. You also may want it in one of the two slabs that I know you probably collect. And then you also may want it on card. And you also may want it numbered, not hand numbered, for God's sakes, right? Because that's a dirty word now. But I'm about to slam my computer shut. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Let's not bring this out. Yeah, I'm not bringing that let's up. Let's not bring this argument into the public realm. So look, my answer is easy. I've got to get a, a, a star 101 rookie for for Jordan. I feel like there's a void in my collection. I know it's not the rarest card in the world. Um, but I just don't feel right not having that card in my collection. I've just kind of recently educated myself a little bit more about that card. And um, and that's one that I, I'd like to put in my collection. I'm not sure what the grade is that I'm chasing because it's a really big jump for the grade that I want from the grade that I'll settle for. So I don't know if I want to go balls to the wall and really push the envelope and get the monster or if I just want to put like a placeholder in, in place for maybe a couple of years down the road. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I think that card went on a pretty crazy run up and I hate buying cards after huge run ups like that. So yeah. I like to sell cards after run ups, not buy them. So I'm not sure, but well, I'm, you're, have, I'm open for that. So you're, that's, you're that's, a big, I'm, you're a big 90s insert guy too. I mean, you still probably got a lot of MJ high dollar 90s inserts that you, you're just still looking to fill that void, right? Right. Uh, of you course. Like if I walk in there and I see, uh, you know, on a monster 90s, I'm going to, I'm certainly going to look at it, but but the one card that I've got to check off my list, and I'm going to bring some stuff to trade. Nothing that that I care too much about. I'm going to bring some stuff that I want to trade, and I'm going to make sure I check off that star, uh, star 101. Yeah. You did a good job of not getting yourself in trouble there. Good job. Right. Yeah. Smooth. Wait, waited. Waited to, wait to deflect. There, there'll be a time and a place where you talk about everything. You know? uh, so, anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. We yeah, well, let's kill it at about 116, and let's do it again um, for those of you guys watching. Stay tuned. Hit the bell icon for notifications. I'm going to have Justin and Josh on again next week. This is episode seven of the Pop Report. Uh, go follow Justin and Josh on Instagram. Uh, if you're not following me yet, do me a favor and give me a follow as well. And then hit the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed. But we're going to repeat this. And we've got tons more national stuff to talk about because we didn't even come close to getting to our outline. Justin's got all sorts of stuff that he's going to freelance about. Josh is going to have a tons of stuff to talk about, and I'm just going to continue to ask dumb questions and make fun of people. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this episode, tune in, and we're going to do it all again next week. But uh, thanks, guys. Thanks all for joining. Thanks. And uh, and I'll see you next week, and we'll schedule yeah. something. We'll uh, we'll give the people what they want. Great thanks. stuff. Thanks, yeah. fellas. I appreciate it. It was a blast. Yeah. Guys, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in for uh, Pop Report Episode 7. Hopefully, we're getting a little bit better and a little bit more organized. We're, we're definitely not focused here. So... You're going to get some rambling, but uh, and it's probably better suited for a podcast than it is for a YouTube video. But just click play and then, you know, go do whatever it is you're going to do. Get your workout in and whatnot and just listen to us ramble. Um, but uh, thank you guys for watching. I truly do appreciate it. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby and peace. <laughs>